When my heart is heavy, my spirit is low, the storms of life all round below, I call on the master who sends down his love and asks that we meet him in that home
straining to see his hand at work in me middle of confusion doubts and delusions I wonder if God is even listening but when he speaks I struggling for answers in the seas of my trouble drowning in the waves of life's ocean's tides desperate situation present complication I look for a safe place to just run and hide but when he speaks I know his voice when he speaks my soul does rejoice when he
Hallelujah. 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 I love to praise His name. Hallelujah. 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 I love to praise His name. I love to praise His holy name. Yes, He's my rock. My rock. My rock. My sword. My shield. Oh, and He's the wheel. Yes, He's the wheel. He is in the middle of the wheel. I know He'll never. I know He'll never. by the 
valley too low there's no fear that i have he doesn't already know there's no weapon too strong there's no problem too big there is nothing for god that's impossible there's no mountain too high no valley too low there's no fear that i have he doesn't already know there's no problem too big there's no weapon too strong there is nothing for god that's impossible abundantly more. 
so I should trust him in the waiting. Keep believing and pressing on, cause he's my salvation and his joy is my strength, and hallelujah, he's my victory song, so I'm not giving up, giving up. not turning round. from my Lord his word says he's the God who can do exceedingly abundantly more so I should trust him in the waiting and keep believing and pressing on he's my salvation and his joy is my strength and hallelujah he's the victory song so I'm not giving up with it. Sing that chorus with it. Y'all know it. Sing it with it.
tell you what, I like the message within that song. I could still go free. I was talking to one of my brothers about it, saying, well, here I am two weeks in a row. I hope I don't run half the church off. But then he counseled me and gave me some good advice. He said, well, it'll just help them to know how much they appreciate So I get, the, I get why he's doing this, because now everybody's just going to love him so much more. They're going to say, Phew. Get ready, yeah, so we are so glad to have you back. and So glad you had a time of refreshing. But every psalm that's been sung this morning, I, I, I don't plan a service. I, I, I don't do that. We just let God have his way. But we've talked about hearing the voice of the Lord. And I was in a not What was the name of the other one you sang that Kim liked so much? Speak to the mountains. Speak to the mountains about being moved. And all these psalms are talking about, uh, and why is they saying... Hey, brother, what was it? Eye of the storm. Eye of the storm. Yeah, I, I enjoyed them all, but I they went in that temporary file, honey. You know, where I enjoyed them for a moment, then but I forgot what they were. But I, all these songs today talked about encouragement and about moving on and not letting things hold you back. And that's why I asked Matt to do a little bit of that song because we are given freedom in Jesus and we are given the opportunity to move forward. But it seems like many times that our life is We're at a point in our time where just any way forward. Seems like we're stuck in a place, stuck in a scenario, stuck in a circumstance, stuck in some place that we just seem like we can't get out. I never will forget when a couple years ago I was up at Ravonda's mother's and uh, we was going up there to do. I was going up something. And it was about maybe this time of the year, maybe a little bit earlier during the time of the year, but. I went back to her backyard and uh, I was pulling something out of the yard and uh, uh, my car got stuck, you know. And of course, what did I do? You know, I tried to hit the gas and all I did was dig deeper and deeper and deeper and got myself in more trouble and I couldn't get out. I was stuck. And it was nothing more frustrating than I couldn't go forward, I couldn't go back, I couldn't go left, I couldn't go right. And all I did was make it worse the whole time. Neighbor, fortunately, next door, pulled his four-wheeler out and dug me out, pulled me out, you know, dug me out of the ditch I was stuck in. And I saw the damage and the mess that I left behind was nothing but a bunch of deep holes and this and stuff. So then I had to go back and try to fix those things a little bit later. But, but I got stuck on trying to go forward, and I couldn't get beyond. 
And it seems like many times in our life, that's where we're at. I was thinking this morning, there, uh, with the grandkids, we just had a little bit of them this weekend. And there's some, sometimes you like to play games with them and stuff. And every once in a while, we used to do that red light, green light, stop. I don't know if you all ever done that or stop, go. And I always enjoyed it getting there at the beginning and never saying go. They're all just standing, say go, go. You know, they were wanting to go. And I was just having so much fun seeing them be stopped. You know, it's the first time we got them to sit down and not run around like a bunch of wild, crazy heathens that they are. I don't know. They're my grandkids. I'm allowed to call them that. My affectionate name for them is my grand brats. So, you know, but that, that, I'm allowed to call them that, but you're not. But uh, this morning, for the few brief moments that we've been given to speak to you this morning, I want to ask you to turn your Bibles to Matthew 8. Parallel passages are found in Mark 5 and Luke 8, but we're mostly going to be in Matthew 8. I'm not going to go to the other passages, but if you would like to read the parallel, the parallel passages about this story. It goes in, we're going to start in verse number 28. And when he was come to the other side in the country of the Gergazians, them guys, there met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs, exceeding fear so that they might, that, so that no man would pass that way. And they, they hold, they cried out, What have we got to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Are thou come hither to torment us before this time, before the time? Excuse me. And there was a good way off from them a herd of many swine feeding. So the devils besought him, saying, If thou cast us out, suffer us to go into the herd of the swine. And he said unto them, Go. 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 And the rest of the passage we'll read a little bit later. But Jesus pronounced unto those that were holding these guys back, that were holding these things back, that were holding these Gadarene descendants back, that were holding these two men back, the things that were binding them, holding them, keeping them, stopping them from going forward, my Lord and Savior pronounced unto them, go. Go. And that's the words of encouragement that I would like to give you this morning in these next brief moments that we have unto you. There's about time and it's about place that we as the children of God, the men and women, sons and daughters, descendants of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, those of you that have called Jesus Christ your Savior, that you've come either down to an altar of prayer or you've had a moment where you've met with him. You've had a moment where you've convened with him. You've had a moment that you've spoken to him. You had a moment where you and the master met and the devils themselves know what they're doing and the devils themselves know what's going on. But Jesus himself wants to say unto you, child, woman, daughter of God, it is time for these things that are holding you back for them to go. It is time for them to go because there's nothing more frustrating in life for us to be stopped, paused, not moving forward in any fashion. Connie, we share with you when we come down to do some vacation time with you on our trip, how that our short little Google four and a half hour trip ended up being about seven hours or so. We talked about how that we, when we went down to Florida about a month or two ago, our, our eight-hour trip ended up being 14 hours. The reason being for all those things that were stopping us from moving forward. Traffic jams, slow drivers, 
rubberneckers or whatever you call all them people. I mean, Jeannie, they was a wreck on the other side of the road, 10 miles up, a car that was burned out. There was nothing going on, Scott. There wasn't even your guys there. There was no firemen. There. It was on the side of the road, and everybody on this side was stopping for 10 miles just to look at the car that wasn't doing nothing. And me and Bonnie looked at it and said, Really? <laughs> really? That's what? I mean, I didn't want to see some devastation. I didn't want to see helicopters and air care and someone suffering great loss. But really? A car on the side of the road that's been burned out for days? Everybody stopping and looking, maybe days, maybe hours, looking at that thing? I was saying, Go! Go! That's like when I was a child, lived down in Elmwood Place, and Brother Tim and his train was taking lunch at the stop in Elmwood Avenue, and I couldn't get across. I was saying, go! And he was laughing and having a good time eating his sandwich. <laughs> he wasn't moving. But it is time that we go. It is time that we get going. It's time that we stop letting things, circumstances, scenarios, and situations stop us from moving on. This gathering demonic was at a place and at a time in this passage where maybe he didn't place himself there. He didn't put himself there. In fact, he was the descendant in chapter number two, number chapter 32 of the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and half of the tribe of Manasseh. He was half of the tribe of Gad, where his ancestors chose to live outside of the will of God and stay on the other side because the other side was good enough. If you're all familiar with that passage in Numbers 32, they came unto the crossing and the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh said, Moses, we kind of like it over here. There's enough land over here. There's enough going on. We don't really want to go into the promised land. We like it over here because there is good land for cattle and we have cattle. There is good land for this and we have this. And Moses said, okay, if you want to stay on the other side, go ahead. But first you must go in and fight with your brethren to help them gain the promised land then you can go back and live outside of God's will. So for centuries and generations, his descendants had lived outside of God's will. And here we are today, one of those descendants bound by demons and bound by devils. He maybe didn't create the situation. That might have happened in the promised land. I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to try to give wisdom where I don't know wisdom to be. I, I don't try to give a word where there is no word to give. But I know where he was at. He was there and Jesus saw his situation and said unto the things that were holding him back, Go, get out of his life, leave him alone because that which is holding him back is no longer acceptable and it's time for him to live and move forward and walk in righteousness and a relationship with me. How many of you felt like at times your life's in the exact same situation? You're needing to move on, but there's things that are holding you back. I like the Sunday school class this morning. Again, it fits the message. They blamed in Numbers 18, I mean, in, in Ezekiel 18, um, 3, I think it was. They blamed the descendants for eating sour grapes and them having rotten teeth as children generations later. I mean, all of us can go back and blame something and blame someone and look at someone else and blame someone else. But in Ezekiel it says, each man is responsible to God for himself. You know, I can blame my mama for everything she messed up. I can go with my dad and mess everything. You know, but eventually that ship has sailed. It's time for me to walk and talk and have a relationship with him myself.
We've got to get to the things that are stopping us and speak unto them that no longer are these things acceptable. And, these, and I'm not going to be super, super long today, but I looked at some of the things that are stopping us, some of the things that are preventing us from moving forward. I look at the story about the Gadarene demonic right here. He was stopped by compromise. His family, his gender, they compromised, Bobby. They didn't want to have everything that God gave them, but they compromised for less because less was good enough for them. Less was good enough. They didn't want all of what God had for them. They did not want to walk into and live in and dwell in and live in God's promised land, His holy provision for them, outside of His will, outside of what He had prepared for them, was good enough. They compromised what God had for them. They didn't want everything that God had prepared for them, had given unto them, and offered unto them. They accepted less. Many of us are doing the exact same thing. God has so many things that he wants to give unto us, provide unto us, and offer unto him. But we say, no, I'm good. I went down and I uh, come down to that church and I come down here and I, I knelt down. I got my, and I got my seat. I got my place in heaven. I asked him to save me. But, you know, I, I don't want to live for him. I just want him to save me. That's good enough. I just, I just want him to help him make me feel better because a couple, I went over here and I knelt right here and I said, I'm sorry and, and, and forgive me and help me to feel better. And I got up and I had victory that day and I felt all good. But then he started working with me and he started dealing with me and he started coming into my life. He says, now that I've saved you, I want to be Lord of your life. Now that I've saved you, I want to give you my spirit. Now that I've saved you, I want to walk with you. I want to be with you when you're in that car at work. I want to be when you're in that throne room and you're praying to the Lord. I want to be with you when you're down there and you're stuck and you can't move forward. I want to be with you when that child is sick, that daughter is sick, that grandchild is sick, that situation. I want to be there for you. But we say to him, nah, good enough. I got this. You gave me what I wanted. I want to be forgiven of my sins and I want it my spot in heaven, but I don't want you to be Lord of my life. We compromise. We compromise. We accept more of the world and less of God. You young people sing a great song, and I'm not picking at the young people, Susan. So it's not at them. But they sing that song, I want more, I want more, I want more. I don't know the whole verses, but I want more, I want more. Well, for God to have more of you, you've got to have less of you. For God to fill up that hole or that place within your heart and into your life, you've got to empty out some things and allow God to come in. You've got to give him space. He's an infinite God with so much to give, but many times we push him out and say, God, no, I don't have room for you. I just wanted you to save me. I don't want you to do these other things. I want to compromise. This is good enough. What I got is good enough. I put my name on the roll. Brother Tim shook my hand. I'm putting my money in the plate. What more do they want? You know, how many times has our pastor stood before you and say, I don't want your money? It's not about that. But that Gadarene demonic was stopped by compromise. And it was time that in his life he stopped compromising. And you know when he stopped compromising? When he met Jesus. 
when he finally had an interaction with God himself, he met the God, Son of God in the flesh and said, what I'm doing right now, living amongst these caves, dwelling in this darkness, no longer how we're living is acceptable, no longer is this going to work. It's time that I stop compromising and I go all the way. And they got up and they moved over and they met with Jesus and he said unto those things that were binding that compromising young man, that were binding his life, what did he say unto those things? Go. Go. What's interesting about that, how many times in a moment of brief clarity, in a moment of sanity while living the life of the insane, how many times do you think that man said, I wish I could just be better. I wish I wouldn't like this. I wish I wasn't possessed. I'm tearing at my flesh. I'm ripping out. I'm not in my right mind. Everybody walks. How many times do you think that he wished that he could just be better? But it wasn't better till he met Jesus. And Jesus says unto him, Go. And unto you, child of God, man of God, woman of God, sitting within this church today, there may be things that you're going through that are holding you back, keeping you back, and you've tried, and you've tried, and you've tried, and I'm telling you it's not going to work. But this morning, every psalm that's been saying, Matt's saying, Locked, you've been locked up in a prison where I could go free, where every chain has been broken. We sing songs like that chain breaker. Or all the, we love all those songs, and we snap, and we clap, and we rejoice, and we like them. But this morning, I want to tell you that there's been a word given unto you, and that word given unto you, it is time that those things that are holding you back, the Son of God, through the Word of God, says unto you today, it's time those things go. Go, go. A man by a pool of Bethesda was stopped in John chapter 5 because of the circumstances he was living in, Brother Bobby. He couldn't move, he couldn't help himself. He was there. And he said, unless someone help me, I cannot. I can't do anything. But what did Jesus ask him? Do you want to be made whole? But sir, I have no one to... Move me, pick me up, carry me. He said, that's not what I ask. I didn't ask you that. I asked you, do you want to be made whole? I didn't ask, is there time that someone could pick you up and carry you over? I didn't ask that we could knock others out of the way. I didn't ask that we could move others because they're in your way. I didn't ask that. I'm asking, do you want to be made whole? And what was his response? Yes. And I love it when the water began to move. He was waiting for the moving of the water. I tell you what, that is symbolic of the Spirit of God. When the Spirit of God is coming in a place and coming in a church and moving through the music and moving through the songs and moving through the testimonies and moving through this congregation, and you're feeling that deep down in your spirit, the Spirit of God is troubling the water, and it's time for you to move and say, Lord, I want to be healed. I want to be touched. I want to be saved. I want you to be Lord of my life. And he will pronounce unto every one of those things, go. Go. Another thing, we can look at the woman at the well. There's so many I could talk to you about. I just picked out two or three. The woman at the well, she was stopped by pure contempt, <coughs> Debbie. We have nothing to do with your kind. We don't, we don't deal with you. You're those other folks. That's like when I was a kid. Any of you here from St. Bernard? 
or I can preach about you. I went to St. Bernard Elmwood Place High School, and for some reason, those at St. Bernard thought us who lived in Elmwood were just not quite as good. Right, Iva? We were the Elmwoodians. We were the other side of the track, folks. We was the lesser of that. They were the high class, better houses, better this. They had P&G. We had fries and fries that always smelled. I don't know what they made down there. They say they made flavors. All I think they made was stink. You know, they talk about childhood memories. I don't know if it went down to how far you guys live, Brother Duran, down there. I, they talked about childhood memories. The things I remember, child, the 9 o'clock whistle. It was time for us Elmwoodians to go home. And if you went to certain parts of Elmwood down that side, we think it was Carthage, but they said it was Elmwood. It just smelled. Sometimes it was good. But you know what? There was always a little contempt. We is better than you. Use them other ones. This woman at the well was stopped by the exact same thing. You know what? I don't care what anybody thinks about me. When God comes into my life and his son Jesus Christ saved me, I'm his child and I am now a child of the king. And there's nothing going to stop me back. But you know what? There are so many things today beyond these stories in the Bible that are holding people back. And some of them are not always bad things, but they are. I looked at it and I was reading about it. How many of you in here graduated high school and getting ready to go into college? None? Okay. How many of you are in college? Okay. How many of you went through college? How many of you can't even spell the word college? All right. Now I got my crowd. Woo! I got my, woo, I got my crowd now. I'm preaching to those good folks now, brothers. <laughs> I'm with my folks now. I was looking at some of the things that are going on and some of the things that are holding us back. And one of the things, you know what's holding a lot of people back from having a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ? Truth. Truth. Now, it seems crazy that truth would stop people from going forward, but there's some statements that are made that are true that people are living in that are holding them back from moving forward. And the reason I was talking about you college guys, I was looking at some philosophy classes and things like that, and I was looking up what truth is. Oh my goodness, they don't even know what it is. They've got absolute truth, subjective truth, contemplative truth, subjective truth. They've got 67 different things for truth. And after a while, it's just like, they've got so many words for what truth is, I can't figure out what truth is because they don't even know what it is. But I tell you what, what I want to hear in my life is some absolute God-given, Holy Spirit-ordained, God-given from the Spirit of God truth. Amen. That's what we need. Oh, my goodness. You, I don't know if you guys had that yet, but, I mean, they've got, I don't know if I've got them written down. Oh, they've got objective truth, normative truth, subjective truth, complex truth. Oh, my goodness. After about three or four of them, I was like, I give up. It's like talking to somebody who'd rather climb up a tree and sell a line than stand on the ground and tell you the truth. They don't even know what it is. But people are resting in good things that are truth, but it's sometimes it holds them back. They say, well, God loves me. Yes, he does. That's a true statement. God does love you. God does love you. And they'll say things like, well, God loves me so much, he wouldn't send me to hell. He does not want you to go to hell. He does not. That's a true statement. Those are good, good, true statements. 
but you're resting in them and you're living in them and you're forgetting other parts of the truth that you need to hear. Because in John 5, it may tell you that God loves you when he said he's given all judgment unto his son. And it's what relationship will you have with his son, whether you make heaven or not. John 5 tells us that. God himself has given all judgment, all decision-making power unto his son. So it matters what you do with Jesus. That's the truth. God does love you. He would not send one to hell. Does not desire that any perish, but all have eternal life. Those are true statements. We can read them in the Word of God, can't we, Sister Debbie? I'm sorry, I can't say Red Debbie. You're Debbie. I know White Debbie, Red Debbie, just Debbie. They've got all these code names for these Debbies now. There's Yellow Debbie, Black Debbie, Red Debbie. There's, there's more Debbie than I can deal with. They're all of them. But you know what? It's truth. But don't forget the absolute truth. God has given judgment unto his son. It's what you do with Jesus. Another thing that's holding people back, it's not only truth, it's churches. Churches are holding folks back. You know why? They stopped so many from moving because of this very reason. They have socialized, normalized, and patronized the gospel of Jesus Christ. They have socialized it, normalized, and patronized the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am not your pastor. This is our pastor, a great man of God. But I'm going to speak for a second, and if I'm wrong, he'll correct me later. But I think Tim wants you to want to be here and enjoy it. I think he wants you to love your brothers and sisters. I think he wants you to have friends and, to, and these to be your brothers and sisters. I, I think he wants you to want to be here. I think he wants to make it a pleasant, it be it a pleasant experience, not that he would make it a pleasant. I think he would want all those things. Anybody within this church, the trustees, the Sunday school teachers, any te yes, we want you to come in here and feel at home and feel loved and feel nurtured and feel protected and feel like you want to be here. But this is not a social club. We don't have a moose head up on the wall. My mom belonged to the Elmwood Moose. I never understood what was so great about a moose. But they had a big moose head up on the wall. I don't know why, Charlotte. They had a moose head on the wall. <laughs> I guess they had the secret handshake. The moose brother, moose. I don't know what they did. All I kept thinking about is the Fred Flintstone, the water buffaloes. I, could, I couldn't. They had that. But, you know, we're not a social club here. You know, we want to do good things. We want to help people. We want to give up to people. We want to. I don't think there's anybody within this church, if they saw someone in need, that they would not give them a bottle of water or a drink or provide them food. I don't think there's anybody here that would do that. I don't think there's anybody here that would not reach into their pockets and help someone financially if God led them to do so. I don't think there's one here. You know, but we're not resting in those social works alone and limit the gospel of Jesus Christ. I can give a thousand bottles of water, but I want to give the water that never runs dry. The well that never runs dry. I want people to find Jesus Christ. Like that woman at the well, he says, if you knew what you were asking, oh, I can give you water, and I can give you living water that will never run dry. <laughs> Brother Tommy Bates, I heard him preaching a while ago. Sister Ethel knows him. He made a statement, I'm going to quote him probably incorrectly, but in gist, this is what he said. He said, many would rather go to the harlot church than the holy church. Many would rather go down to the harlot church 
that is not preaching the word, that is not telling you sin is wrong, that is not telling you there's a work of grace, there's God can deal with you and work with you, or is not going to tell you about the baptism of the Spirit. They'd rather go to the social church that's going to talk to you about everything and anything else. They're going to talk to you about the good clubs they have, the groups they have, the youth groups they have, the, the this club, the this club. They've got everything and anything and all that's provided for every group you ever want. The kids will not be bored for 3.2 seconds because they've got something to do. I told our young sister last week her baby was crying. She was worried about it. I said, don't take that baby out. Don't you leave. I will talk louder than that baby will ever cry. We've socialized it and we've normalized it. We'd rather, many are stopped by the church. But you are not stopped by this church. Not that we're the only church in the world. Don't misquote me. Say, well, G.J. said, if you don't come to our church, you can't have it. No, I didn't say that. But this is a church that preaches the truth. Many are stopped by the church. Many of you are stopped by just your plain old self. You're just stopped by yourself. Stop blaming somebody else. I think about the story in the Bible where they were told to walk into the promised land. And they were all excited about it, Sister Marcia. They were going. They were ready to go. They got that promised land. They were going to win. They were going to have battles. They were going to conquer. Oh, they, they had it figured out. God's blessed us. He's moved us in. There's no reason we can't go forward. And boom, a Jericho wall stood right before them. Well, wait a minute, we didn't plan on any obstacles on the way. We didn't think it was going to be tough. I think I'm just going to stop right here. That's good enough. I'm inside. I'm just going to camp here. I'm not going any further. But God said, take that city. Nah, this is good enough. I'll just camp by the wall. And for the rest of their life, they were defined by that wall they can never get through. How are you doing there, Sister Shirley? Oh, I'm just living outside in God's promised land, outside the walls of Jericho, right where he wants me to be. But didn't God tell you to go in? No, I'm good enough out here. Got me a nice little spot. Got me a fire ring. Got me some uh, thing. We're, we're, in fact, we're camped here. We got it good. Now, we got a good spot. We got a really good spot. And, you know, we're good enough right here. Ain't going any further. They've camped there. They've lived there. They're defined by their wall. For the whole rest of their life. I've known people that it's the same today that it was before, that it was then, that it has always been. It's time to go. It's time to go. It's time to let loose of those things. Yeah, I, I know maybe your mom, your dad weren't perfect. I get it. Go. Go. Sister Stu gave me a word of counsel a while ago, 20 years ago, I guess. Wasn't, we don't want you, or whatever. It wasn't that bad a word. But I was up here one time just kind of whining a little bit about well, all the things my dad did. And I don't know exactly what she said. And others have said the exact thing. But she was close, and I heard it. And she said, but that wasn't your fault, or something like that. My dad left when I was 10. Didn't know where he was for six years. Get over it. You know when I got freedom over that? When I finally forgave that. It was time to go. I lived there way too long. I was done. It wasn't doing me any good. It wasn't doing any good. My teeth were rotting on the sour grapes that he gave me. It was time for me to move on. Many of you have other self-circumstances or the exact same thing. 
maybe a parent situation, a loved one situation, a situation that I can't even fathom and I don't know how deep they could be. Maybe you've come from this, maybe you've come from that. I don't know. I don't know the depths. Sister Vondi and I were talking the other day when we were traveling. When she went down to that, um, she was going to the court for about a year. She had to go down and do, uh, I forget what it's called, but she had to go down court, jury duty, but some where they, arraignments, where they would decide whether they were going to go to court or not. She said the horrible, horrible things that she heard that were done to children. I, I don't know how some of them will ever get over that. But you know what? It's time to go. You know why? Because it's no longer am I going to let myself stop me from moving forward with God. I've lived there way too long. You can say the exact same thing. The Gadarene demonic said the exact same thing. It's time to go. I don't care what happened. It's time for me to go. Satan himself will try to stop you. He's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's like a battle of flesh and blood and principalities and powers. He himself will try to stop you. But I like what happened here in this passage in the, in, in the gathering demonic situation. The devils themselves knew who they could not beat, whom they could not defeat. They said, Jesus, what will you have to do with us? It's not the time yet. And he just said, I'm not talking about you. There's no negotiations. I'm not dealing with it. It's time for you to go. 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 I don't know, perhaps the ages of Satan himself are battling you every step you take. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're going through. I, I, I can't. They tell us we must walk a mile in someone's shoes to understand their journey. I, I, I maybe can never walk in your shoes. I maybe can't do that. And nor can you walk in mine. But I can walk hand in hand with my Lord and Savior, and He's going to help me make it through. Because He pronounces to unto those things that are holding me back, go. And I see so much within the Bible where God Himself says go, where the Jesus Christ says go, where the Spirit of God says go. We see so many passages in the Bible where He says, Arise and go new. Stand up, go new. Go, arise. Go into a land that I shall give you, we pronounce unto Abraham. He said, go unto the disciples. He told all these are healed through his passages in the early part of his ministry. Go, tell, go, announce, go, you're changed. Go, walk in a life anew. Go and sin no more. He never once had an interaction with one of them where he said, I've done a work of grace in your life. I've done things for you. I've helped you. I've healed you. Now it's time to stop. Never once. Go. 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 As those who are going to be singing tonight, prepare to come forward this morning. The Lord is announcing unto you that it's time that you stop letting the things that have held you back hold you back. It's time to rise, stand. Go tell others what Jesus has done for you. And I like this passage. What happened to this demonic when at the end of the story? They go visit him later, Sister Leona, and he's still loonier than a loon bird. He's still crazy as can be. He's still No, what happens to him? They find him clothed in his right mind, sitting at the feet of Jesus. Clothed and in his right mind sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Squire Parsons wrote a song a long, long time ago, and it says, 
I like this. The question was asked of Brother Bobby. He says, Shirley, where did the gathering to my, where did he get the clothes? Where did he get the clothes? I'll tell you exactly where he got them. Jesus gave him his own robe to wear, clothed him in his righteousness, gathered him to his and said, you're now mine. What's mine is yours. What I have, I give unto you. He got everything that Jesus had. He was clothed in his righteousness, in his right mind. The father of himself dealt with him, loved him, dealt around him, hugged him up and said, I'll give you a brand new robe to wear. A brand new clothes, just like the prodigal son got from his dad. Take the new robe, take the ring. My son, my child, which once is lost, has now been saved. It's time for him to go and live a life anew in me. This morning, I pronounce unto you, anybody within this congregation, if you've allowed your life to be stopped, if you've allowed your things to no longer go forward, a simple message, two letters, Matthew 8, verse 32 as we stand, Pastor Tim closes the service as he feels led. Brother Matt sings as he feels led. If you have allowed your life to be on hold, I pronounce, I ask a word from God himself, not that I am anything special, but God has spoken unto this morning a two-little-letter word. Go, go, go. God bless you. Thank you for your time. If the ship of your life sailing on the sea of strife, you need someone. And if you feel so all alone and your house is not a home, you need someone. And if it seems that life isn't fair and there's no one left to share all those lonely days and nights and things just won't turn out right and you want someone to care and someone to just be there you need someone someone and if your 
body is in pain and your health you can't regain you need someone oh and if at times when you have tried with all the strength you had inside and it seems that you have failed remember on the cross he nailed all our bitterness and grief to give us peace and sweet relief oh he is that someone that you need so thinking when DJ was talking I know that God sends messages sometimes and they're to stir up the church and I believe what he spoke today is not just to a new Christian it's to us that's been on the way a while I thought of my dad my dad was 27 years old when he got saved did you know it was all the way up until his 50s before he ever took a church and God had been working on him all them years. And I remember going to the uh, the park. He used to take us kids that were around that age to play. He would take us up to the park. He would sit under a, a shelter on a picnic table and he would read his Bible and we'd run through the woods. We just knew where he was at and he knew where we was at. But I know that God was dealing with him. And you know what was wrong? He was trying to find the go word. He was waiting on God to tell him to go. And you know what? Sometimes I look around and I see people called to do great things. I see people that I know God's dealing with. And I'm not picking on you. You know what? I got my own battle. But can I tell you somewhere along life, you have to get to the place where you say, as much as I love my wife, my family, my children, my brothers and sisters, I had to get with Jesus, and I had to hear the word go, and so do you. I'm not telling you what you're called to do. I'm not telling you what you have to accomplish, but always know you're on this mission. We're on a mission for him, and you that come to him and know him, listen, he's trying to work in you. He's going to work a work until you hear his voice until you know exactly what he's trying to tell you to do. And then it's just simple faith, just saying, Lord, I don't know, I don't see all the words, I don't see all the answers, but I'm gonna take that step of faith and I'm gonna go because I know you encouraged me in that area. 
See, God only knows what you're called to be. God only knows how to finish the race that you're in. He knows that we're all in this battle. I'm trying to win my way. I'm trying to work my way. I'm trying to do the things that God's telling me to do, but not to earn my salvation. I'm just trying to live for him, and that's what we're to do. No matter who you are, don't come here thinking I'll get you to heaven or DJ will get you to heaven. We can't get you there. Jesus is your answer. He always was and he always will be. And I don't care if you're young, old, been new in Christ, or you've been on the way for years. Still the same answer. Things in this life get in our way. You know what? Sometimes I look back, I remember preachers preaching on telephones about no, don't, ha don't have a telephone in your house or don't ever uh, be on the telephone talking to people. And you know what? I remember now, and now it's changed. They preach different stuff. Get off the computer. Get off of this. Get off that. But can I tell you, all these things are hindrances. All these things can get in a way, take up our time, take up our attention, and they cause us to not go forward with God. You that have stepped out and began to sing, you know what? I see God on you. And you might not start out singing so great, but can I tell you something? God's doing something inside of you. And you're getting better every time I hear you. You know why? The Holy Spirit's working on you. And that's making your heart. It's making your heart come through what you're singing. It makes your heart come through what you're teaching. It makes your heart come through your testimony. Have a desire to fulfill your life in him. And then the answer will be he'll tell you where to go and when to go. God is so gracious and so merciful. I don't know if there's one here that don't need to hear that. I need to hear from God sometimes. Even if I get an idea about doing something, I need to hear him say go. I need to hear his voice. Every one of us do. I don't want to wait till I'm past able to do anything. See, my dad was in his 50s before he ever started pastoring. God gave him 30 years pastoring, even from that age on. And I thought, you know what? The family knows. He All, all he had on his mind was go, go, go. If there was a word to describe my dad, it was go. Go down for birthdays. We'd come down there, and he'd look at one of us and say, go with me, got to go to the hospital. Go with me, got to go here, got to go there. He was always on the go. Why? Because God initiated a go inside of him. DJ, that's what it's about. And you know what? You're going to have to set the world and everything else aside. And I'm not telling you you got to give up anything. God will fulfill you. He will fulfill everything about your life. Your family and your people around you will know that God has did a work in you. It's not for your glory. It's what he's doing. He encourages every one of us. But if you keep letting the enemy, he'll talk you out of it. He'll talk you away. Yeah, and the, word, and the answer will be stop. Any enemy will always, always tell you to stop. Praise God. God's here. 
Let him sing one more chorus. If you need to come, come. Don't put off what God says to you today. I know we all go home and we pray about things. We think about things. But can I tell you, this message that God gave you will be out of your mind in the near future. You'll be a couple days from now, you'll, you'll be wondering, what did DJ preach on? And yet it's so real right now. Why? Because the Spirit of God's dealing with you. It's not DJ. It's the Spirit of God is dealing with you. Come if you need to. Don't put it off. God's waiting for his church to rise and believe in him and be ready to go. So while they sing, one more chorus. See 